Warning, the following podcast contains strong language which some listeners may find offensive. Hello, yes, Dan Arden here. Dan Arden has been summoned. Please, via the internet, we tell you to please listen to Untitled Wrestling Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Untitled Wrestling Podcast. It's Thursday. You know what that means. Uh, it's time for AEW Dynamite Review. And this week, it's a two-man booth. Jay is not well, so it's just me and Aaron. I'm Ben, obviously. Aaron's with me. Hello, Aaron. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> that was a little labored. Uh, how are you, mate? You okay? Yeah, uh, probably double duty tonight. It's been the first one in about a month. Um, I don't miss it. <laughs> yeah, so when one's not aware, uh, Jay does like all the podcasts. So when he's not well, we all have to work harder, which is, uh, yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's a little difficult. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll, we'll appreciate him a bit more now when he comes back. Um, yeah. yeah, so let's crack right into it. It's uh, it's Jay's favourite wrestler out first. Oh, well, sorry, first. Well, it will start with. <clears throat> so Dan Ray opens, and we have. Um, MJF, Tony Blanchard, FTR, Wardlow, Insurance Beers, descending yeah. from a private jet. Obviously, they're, you know, living large. Yeah, it's just evolution, isn't it, really? Well, they're, just, the, they're just trying to draw, I think they're trying to draw all of the Ric Flair comparisons, like, straight yeah. away. <laughs> all your old school four horsemen just crack on with it, really. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, so then we get Jay's favourite wrestler, Cody Rhodes. Oh, sorry. Um, it's Cody. Top babyface Cody Rhodes. He's out for his <laughs> match against Penta El Zero Miedo. Uh, Penta's ring gear looks whoa, fucking tight. This match. I I noticed literally everyone in the crowd are wearing green. Like yeah. there was no one not wearing green. <laughs> so the Dark Order in being the elite this week, they were all wearing green. And obviously yeah. it was so initially I thought it was like a spirit squad thing. Was it intentional for St. Patrick's Day? I, I think assume. it they must have filmed it around the same time they did this recording. So, right, because I was trying to look on the logo as well, see if it was like changed to a clover leaf or something. And um, so, my favorite thing about um, Dynamite tonight was they'd literally just gone to like a party shop and spent like fifty quid on like some stick on shamrocks and some hats, and like, they'd literally just stuck like a little shamrock over each entrance tunnel, like one yeah. on either side. Yeah. Like that's all they went for. Like it was to be like fair, it is only a weekly show, so it's they didn't have to. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was it, it was nice that they went they went like down the intentionally naff kind of route of like decorating uh, Daly's place for, for St Patrick's Day. Obviously tonight <laughs> is St Patrick's Day slam the show. Um yeah, we'll we'll get a bit of that at the end of this match. So yeah, we have Cody versus Penta. Uh, I thought this was a decent match, to be fair. Um it reminded me this is gonna say that and I, I don't want this to sound like weird or like covered. I, it reminded me how much I prefer Pence was a single first one to Benjamin Uh I, mm, I'm more I, I'm more of a Phoenix guy than Penta. I think I think when you put Penta next to Phoenix, I think it makes Penta look worse. Yeah. But when Penta's yeah. by himself, he can be he can be his own wrestler, which I think helps him a lot. I I, I think Penta is a bit more Vicious, I think is the word to put it. Well, well, there were some, there were some vicious bits of this match, right? <laughs> um, Jesus Christ, yeah. Um, obviously there was some bits of like barricade getting used as weapons and all sorts, and they go outside quite early on. Um, uh, yeah. Penna start before 
the match begins. It's just one line. Uh, Pen, well, is it Marvez? His name is not Marvez. Alex Abrahantis. Abrahantis, that's the one. Uh, Pena says he's gonna break your arm and you're gonna have to take early maternity leave. Paternity leave, mate. He's not actually oh. fitting the birth in the child. <laughs> <laughs> Although, you know, Co- it's Cody, you'll probably try and book himself to be. To well, you'll probably come out like, sorry, boys, <laughs> I can't compete. I'm pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> so, the man, I don't think I really liked, obviously, they sold. Like, this this was quite a. Obviously, it's a very recent feud. It only started last week, but it's, it's built quite intensely uh, already. And Pentagon, just like at the start of this match, Pentagon eats himself over the top rope, like straight into Cody, like before the bell even rings. Yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, that's, so that's what I really like about Penta. So Phoenix, obviously, is more, it's flash, the flashier of the two. Penta's got that really like good intensity. Like everything, he, he looks like he's trying to hurt you all the time, which I, I yeah. kind of like. He's the vicious one out of the two. Yeah. Um, so yeah, oh, Cody hits a, a sort of nice looking top rope Hurricane Rana. Um, Cody hits Cody hits Cody Cody impressed me in this match with, the, with some of the moves he hit. He hit a Canadian Destroyer. Um, hit a Cody Cutter for a two count. Um, there was then, a disaster kick, and then it was followed instantly by the Topi Suicida as well, which is quite good just to transition of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there was a reversal of Penta as well when Cody went for the crossroads, but it was reversed into pinning combinations. Yeah. And eventually just hits a backstabber on him. It was like, holy fuck. <laughs> it's, I mean, I, 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 I like what Penta is like, everything he does like looks really authentic and like really hard and snug and tight. You know, he's, he's a very, he obviously you put next to Phoenix, Phoenix is a lot flashier, he, he catches the eye. And I understand why people prefer Phoenix, but for me, Pence has always been like the, the sort of not the, ah. not so much the other rated one, but like I appreciate his little details and his moves that he does. Well, Everything looks crisp. Pentagon was the like the main heel in Lucha Underground, wasn't he? So in yeah in the, the in the first series of Lucha Underground, he um he was like this big like he was basically just like a psychopath, and he would just come into the match, you just run into matches and break people's arms, like do that arm breaker, and he basically ended up that he had like. He had a higher power that was like advising him on what to do. Oh god, higher and, uh, power! Oh god, it was like just like a force, like guiding him, and it turned out it was Vampiro. Yeah, I mean, fair play. And it yeah. culminated at the end of the season with them two having like a death match. Well, Vampiro and and Penta. Jesus Christ! And they they literally just beat the shit out of each other for like fifteen minutes. Fucking hell! Like the both of them was like piss and blood everywhere. It was, it was you go back and watch, <laughs> mate. It was fun. You, 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 yeah. it was right up your eyes with your screen, mate. You'd absolutely love it. I'm, I'm gonna have to find it. Um, also, Cody at one point whaps it a gringo killer. Yes, yeah, Cody bringing up the vertebraker, <laughs> the cop killer, if you will. Um, yes, yeah, oh. so I, I like this. So it wasn't, it wasn't a very long match. I think it went just over ten minutes. But like both guys were really digging deep, like the big moves. They're sort of like. My, my favorite wrestling, my favorite type of wrestling is just when there's big moves. I like big moves. Yeah, like this was fast paced, kept going, and the finish of it was just a quick roll up. The really. finish was a little off for me. It was yeah. a little weird. Um, yeah, so Penta, Penta has Cody in the arm breaker. He, he snaps. So he does. His, it's, that's his big. That was his big thing. When he like, sort of snaps back and breaks the arm, yeah. inverted commas. And obviously, they they made it. Obviously, they they sort of played up the Cody had the the bad shoulder. So. Penta breaks the arm and Cody just kind of like sells it for like five seconds and then goes and jumps up and rolls. Uh, 
Yeah, all, all jokes on you, it didn't break. Ha <laughs> Yeah, it didn't count. It was like the first top proton torpedo at the Death Dog. It bounced off. Um, <laughs> so then Penta just goes, all right then, and just starts battering him after the match. Yeah, right. And then, is it Dustin and... Dustin Gun- and the Gun- Come out, yeah. yeah. Not QT Marshall. We have to... Yeah, eh... Uh, and then as soon as he rolls out the ring, Penna, he fucking grabs a fucking, is it a bowler's hat they call He's, it? When he tries on, I have three different hats on the other side. Yeah. I think he just grabs up, he wants to put them on his head. Which <laughs> is, <laughs> posing with them on, like leaning into them. I was like, There's a Jesus. great picture on social media of Pence, but like a, like a green bowler hat on, which looks uh, looks really cool. It was literally the, the gif of the camera just zooming into him with his hat on. Just posing away. And then so Cody, uh, Pence is on like the apron. No, he's on the ramp, sorry, and he's like he waves his finger at Cody and like sticks his tongue out because like taunts with it. And then as he's about to leave, QT Marshall just kind of wanders in, like he's missed the bus, isn't it? Yeah, like past um, Penno as well. Like yeah, he just walks past Penno and he's like, well, not, not, <laughs> not, not ask me. Um, so obviously this is just the, so they use this match obviously to uh to obviously add another another bit of fuel to the to the hotly anticipated QT Marshall field then. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> You know, but we know we all love it. And um, all the Tekkens where you have to climb the ladder in yeah, arcade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's interesting because um, obviously they've, they've just brought in Ethan Page as a heel. Um, you know, Kenny's a heel. Uh, the, the Good Brothers are heels. It's, they're, they're quite heel heavy at the moment. Well, we can talk about that in a little bit. And like, I mean, QT Marshall's not going to move the needle, is he, in terms of heel or face like what he's what, yeah. what QT Marshall's getting up to is not going to have a, a lasting impact on the dynamic no, definitely not <laughs> I love him you know, he's, a, he's a great guy and he does he does excellent behind the scenes but he's not a main event he, player he's my second favourite wrestler that carries an apple <laughs> he's my second favourite wrestler called QT Marshall um, oh. right so next up we had uh, Alex Marvez backstage with um Nick and Matt Jackson, and they talked about. So this is quite. They talk about this in the match in, in uh, throughout the show. They talked about how Phoenix beat him last uh, last week. Yeah, they, they talk. Up. They talk about how like um, they've been tag team wrestlers their entire career. Basically, um, obviously Phoenix beat one of them. He, Phoenix and now beat both the Young Bucks over, over the course of, of two matches over the course of a year. It doesn't matter though because obviously these are tag team titles and they're the best tag team in the world. Yada yada yada, and then. Uh, Don Callis barges in, uh, and he just he just sort of just throws a bit of shade. And says like, you know, they're not the, they're not the same young box you saw in Japan. You know, they've lost their edge. Kenny's become a god, and they've been left behind. And you, you get the feeling throughout this episode, you get the feeling that Don Callis is like sort of starting to sow the the, the seeds of division between the books. Yeah, he, he is. But in this promo specifically, he's okay later on. But in this promo specifically, he goes on a fair bit long I mean it's, just, it's sort of his style isn't it you're like you'll never use five words when 50 words will do the same thing like is is the jackal made a return where you're just speaking absolute dribble for five minutes <laughs> he's, he's, <laughs> he's just filibustering <laughs> yeah so he, he says um, obviously he says Kenny Omega doesn't even know who they are anymore um, then Matt obviously has a bit of back and forth with Don saying that, you know he's changed Kenny Kenny used to be the best friend and then yeah Carlos says Kenny's become a god they're not the same books that you saw in Japan. So yeah, it just leaves it hanging there. Yeah, the bo- the boxer makes them doubt themselves a little bit, maybe, you know, sort of get in the head a bit. But how many people have done this already? 
like, oh, you're not the same bucks. Well, this was we had this last year, didn't we? With the, with the sort of yeah. quasi not heel turn that sort of happened for like three weeks and then didn't them. Yeah, that was the books trying to find themselves and become the old books. Uh, whether that was a pre like a, a set for this, maybe I don't know, but yeah, it's, it's a little weird. Um, at, at the very end of it, um, Excalibur goes, Well, Don Callis living up to his name of human garbage. Yeah, all right, all right, Excalibur, who hurt you? All right, hell, dude. <laughs> <laughs> he comes and goes, Come on, now and then and steals some of your lines. Right. And then, so next up, we've got, um, we've got the hotly anticipated singles debut of Jay Carter, um, which I was pretty hyped for this. Um, wasn't expecting yeah. a, I wasn't expecting a nine on my training, but. Um, great entrance, great, uh, great gear. Look, she looks the part. She looks incredible. Um, she looks like she, a star. She's going to be one of their standouts over the years, isn't she? Yeah, I think she's doing all right for, for how long she's been. She's been, yeah. been cracking on. I mean, this match was literally a squash. It was like a minute of she like a fucking German. So it's against Danny Jordan, and she German suplexes her out the soul. <laughs> yeah. So that that was one of my notes for the match. The other one is a. Uh, Cargill shrugs off an elbow to hit a knee. Excalibur goes, great kick there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's, too, he's, too, he's too rattled by Don Callis to concentrate. That's what, Don, that's what Don Callis has put him right off the night. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then after the match, Jay gets the win in about, in about literally about 90 seconds. Um, she hits Did, that fin- like, What's they call a finisher? It was... I- I didn't even. I've forgotten what it was that she it's, hit. It, it's, it's like it's the it's the glam it's the glam slam, isn't it? Ah, that was it. Yeah. But it's called like the Jade. It's either, it's, either the, it's the Jade something. They call it, it's like a play on her name or something like that. I, I'll have it next week for you. Yeah. Oh. And her um, okay. her entrance is still like that storm inspired. Um, so she's got like the, the storm like white hair and she looks she looks the entrance is incredible. Like the video is cool. The VT the music's great. Uh, I listened to a podcast with uh, with Mikey Ruckus earlier this week. The, the guy who does all the music for AEW and gave me a really good appreciation for like, how good some of those themes are. Yeah, no, like it, it's the same with WWE. Like they hit, yeah, they bring out bangers, they bring out shit ones as well. Like you're never going to get a full. No, but that's, I think the hit rate in, in all of professional wrestling for music is pretty high. Yeah, yeah. Considering considering how quickly most of it's probably written. Uh, well, that is true as well, yeah. Uh, right, so after the match, yeah, Jade picks up the win with her glam slam finisher and she gets into a, a bit of an altercation with Red Velvet, on the, who's certainly in the audience on the front row, and she sort of, like, talks some shit to her. Red Velvet goes, like, smack her, she ducks. Obviously, they're, they're going to carry this single feud on you know, in down the line, which I'm, I'm, I'm down yeah. with that. I think it's a great feud for them both to have. It's going to push them both forward. And I say, it's not just Jade Cargill as well. Red Velvet needs elevated... Yeah. Did you know she's number one contender for the women's title? Red Velvet. Red Velvet. In the rankings, she is number one. Well, the rankings have kind of gone out the window since the turn of the year, I think so. It's probably uh, probably the rest. <laughs> I don't even know who's I don't even know who's number one in any of the rankings at the moment. Well, no, Red Velvet, there you go. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's what me told. Um <laughs> sorry. I, I can tell you the tag team ones, I remember that one. Uh, SCU is number oh, yeah. one. Yes, because they showed the baby. Yeah. Um <laughs> Right, so next up, we had a little quick highlight of last week with the inner circle getting attacked by MGF's group. Uh, interestingly, Excalibur brought up um, about Sean Spears and MGF gambling in the crowd this yeah. last year, which I thought was nice that they sort of alluded back to that. Yeah, you like, said it. 
didn't you? Yeah, when Excalibur was saying he, he wondered if that was like when this all kicked off. Um, it's nice to see if they have been intentionally planting these seeds. It's nice to sort of call back to them. Either that or someone just because the internet found this out in like five minutes. Either that or someone in the just read the internet and was like, oh, you should probably mention that because, you know, everyone else. People have noticed it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then we have MGF's music. Uh, we have the entire group, so that is MGF, Tully, FTR, Sean Spears, and Wardlow. Wardlow in the flyest of suits. Yeah, and he's did he not leave his hair down as well? Yeah, he looks he looks like he looks like yeah, holiday. He looks like Wardlow when he's just you know he's by the pool, he's having his mai yeah. tai. He's having a good time. <laughs> this isn't business Wardlow, this is um this is straight up the beat of the beach Wardlow. <laughs> this is leisure Wardlow. <laughs> so interestingly they let Tully lead this promo off, which is quite cool. Uh, well, yeah, you'd expect MGF to do it, wouldn't you? But yeah, but I quite like Tully. Tully, um, obviously, Tully's in that sort of JJ Dillon role. He's like the the sort of that's the wily veteran, like dirty old man, sort of not dirty in like the sex way, but like you, he's like the guy who cheats and, and do like you know break the rules and he'll sit the chair in the ring or give someone a shoe or something. He's he's, he's going to be that sort of like you know sort of troublemaker yeah. role. So showing my youth here, right? Um, was JJ Dillon? Like, did he speak a lot for the Four Horsemen? I can't player. He was their he was their manager. I yeah, know. I I think as as it must have changed. We haven't actually seen that much. Um, yeah, Four Horsemen because it's all like it's all scattered around all the different corporations and companies and whatnot. So, but he was like the, the sort of elder statesman who sort of like marshaled them all and, and whatnot. Um, yeah. So Tully, uh, very interestingly, Tully says that he quote. Wants to finish his career with this new group. Oh, I didn't even pick that up. Eh, which, I is mean, quite, which is quite interesting. I don't know how much time, how long Tony thinks he's got left in the business. I mean, I how old is he? He is sixty-eight, I think. I mean, he was uh-huh. out. He was out. He was out for a long time. So I imagine he's still got a bit of an appetite for it if he's come back. Yeah. Well, that that one. Man- Last week probably went, oh, I miss this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We woke up the next morning and was like, fuck am I doing that again? <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so MGF takes over. I mean, this is a great promo. I mean, MGF's always money on his first promo, isn't he? But this, this is a good one. Um, MGF started off by saying he guesses he's Judas now. He takes, yep. he, take, he takes so many great little shots at Jericho yeah. in, in this he, promo. Shots are ridiculous in this promo. Um, I've got... The two lines, they really like he goes in on Jericho. I think I know which ones they're going to be. Yeah, Chris, it definitely wasn't easy separating you and your little uh, buddy Sammy Guevara from one another. As a, I don't know, your left pick from your right. It's like Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and also, every time you talk, I'd have to fall back as far as your hairline. I don't think Jericho's is Jericho's hair like not bad. We've just nah, I've just never noticed. He's, he's it. definitely not as nasty as my Hardy. <laughs> I think Jericho. I think Jericho's hairline's doing all right, considering. Yeah, um, it's all right. Yeah, he's got more hair than a lot of us. Probably up at fifty. He's got more hair than I've had for the last ten years. So you know. <laughs> um, <sighs> yeah. So he, he just sort of. It's a really good promo. He just sort of introduces like every member of the group. He talks up his plan, saying he wasn't here to like. To take over the inner circle, he just wanted to bring it down the inside and build a stronger yeah. group over the top of it. Um, he when, announces the name of the group as well as the pinnacle. Yeah, when he introduces everyone, right? He goes to Wardlow, 
who is only two hundred and seventy-eight pounds. Oh yeah, there's no, there's no, uh, there's no, there's no waste on board. No, he's like, he's all lame. Oh, but only like. I, I could have sworn he'd be like three hundred at least. <laughs> nah, there's, there's, there's no, uh, there's no, there's no overhang there. Mate. He's, uh, he's all business. Fucking hell! <laughs> he's made out of like <laughs> sheet metal. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I can't wait for Wardlow to to get pushed to the moon. Yeah, you know it's going to be I a know. year or two down the line, but the Wardlow push when it happens is going to be incredible. Oh, buzzing! Honestly, I'm so, I'm so, I'm so ready for that. Um. So yeah, so he introduces everyone, which is really cool. It, it really bigs them up, makes them all seem really dangerous and like like a big deal. Introduces the name as the Pinnacle, um, and he he says like really nice. He said about Sean Spears, how he thinks he's been held down too long. He's always been a tough guy. Blah blah. Uh, he also says about himself that he's only twenty four and he's only going to get better, and he's got a good twenty five years left. Now is that in the yeah. bracket, Jericho? Well, Jericho is just turned fifty. Yeah, um, he also states he's only been on national TV a whole year and he's like the most talked about guy in professional wrestling. A fair point, to be fair. I mean, I was like, has it only been a year? Yeah, it's ridiculous though that MGF is the guy. And then he finishes by saying they're going to take everything they want. They're going to take all the championships. And then he said, first of all, he wants the Inner Circle's locker room, so they're going to take that right now. And off they go. And then, well, Tony Schiavone finishes the segment where he segues into the next one where he goes, you know what he is? A decrepit little son of a butt. <laughs> so he, he says the word decrepit, which isn't a good word. <laughs> yeah. And he finishes with butt. <laughs> I, th- I think he was grasping a bit there as he was uh, <laughs> as he was coming in um, alright so next up we have something I was quite looking forward to here um, we have Private Party and the Butcher and the Blade and Matt Hardy versus Jurassic Express that's the full trio team and yeah. Bear Country so Boulder and Bronson Bear making their dynamite debut I believe yeah because they've been on Dark the whole time haven't they yeah I had to pop the extractor fan on there yeah, turn the hustle on off it was uh, a <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Butcher, we had Luchasaurus and both members of Bear Country all in the same match. Oof, oof, this is a hostacular. <laughs> Marco Stunt must have felt so like inferior. Well, there's a definitely, <laughs> he definitely felt inferior when he was taking that shove out the ring. <laughs> there, there is that, yeah. <laughs> so there's a, there's a little, little promo start. Mahardi says, you know, the more money his, his brand makes, the more money he makes. He also keeps mentioning, which is quite a nice sort of detail to come on back to, that he's delayed all of like their future earnings till after April. Because obviously he has to give Hangman yeah. all of his money. So he's, he's, he's been very clever in keeping the continuity that he's basically saying like, all of these new contracts I've signed, they don't come into effect until the 1st of April. So Hangman's not getting any of the money off the Butcher of the Blade, etc. Which yeah, I think is pretty cool. It's a cool way of like keeping that, that sort of thread going. Yeah, it keeps them like, safe. Like, yeah, uh, it, it, does, it, it just makes sense, doesn't it? Like, they have that stipulation. So it, it's a nice way to sort of keep it, keep it relevant. Um, so start of the match, we've got a big sort of bunch up outside of all the heels. And then <laughs> Bear Country and Luchasaurus just throw Marco Stunt into low orbit, basically. It wasn't even Luchasaurus. It was like he was standing there talking to, was it Jungle Boy, I think? Yeah. And I think Luchasaurus was behind him and Bear Country just grabbed his, underneath his arms and just literally lobbed him. 
so far that he almost missed like the whole yeah. group of people he, went he was fully meant to o- land He went on. fully over four people, <laughs> <laughs> which is insane. Yeah. Evil can evil shit. And there yeah, they had to like catch him and just for his head. They caused him just for his head at the floor, which was which was fine. Um, so the sort of story yeah, of his match I, uh, was the well, like, what's that say? No, it, it was just to say on the dive, it looked like they literally had to grab his legs yeah. and pull him back <laughs> to stop his head from hitting the body. Yeah, he, he was real close <laughs> to the wasn't he, as he come down? Um, yeah. Uh, so the story of the match mainly is um, the faces can't work together. Um, so Burke, there's another moment there where um, one of Burke who picks up, I think it's one of private parts, he has to spin round, they clock Jungle Boy with the, the guy's feet. Or is it the blade? It's someone. Yeah. It's been on, they, they clock Jungle Boy with him and they knock him over and they, they just are just furious. And they can't see, they can't like get on the same page. Obviously, the heels are this like sort of slick practice unit. They're working together really well. And there is a nice moment early on. Uh, Jungle Boy gets battered, and Mr. Jungle Boy gets battered, and then he gets the hot tag to Luchasaurus. Luchasaurus comes in, cleans house, and then the butcher tags in, and Luchasaurus like headbutts the butcher. The butcher like sort of staggers, and then just comes back with a massive clothesline and just rocks him. Yeah, which was really nice. Two, two horses. <laughs> yeah, just two two big meaty men slapping this. It's what we all love to see. Um, yeah, the match match is match is fine. It all sort of ends. It comes comes to a head when um, Bear Country one of Bear Country gets tagged in and he sort of he hits a few moves and then they sort of can't agree the strategy and have to go next and they're sort of arguing in their corner and then Marco gets impatient, tags himself in, jumps in and then it, it sort of all goes downhill from there. Really, she gets absolutely battered. Um, private party giving the gin and juice. And then, as is traditional, Matt Hardy starts screaming like a twelve-year-old girl on the apron, saying, "Tag me in, tag me in, tag me in." Give me the tag. He gets the tag. He runs in, does a dog dance, gets up, twist of faith, one, two, three. Um, so yeah, um, <laughs> Hardy again. He carries on this. He carries on this little storyline of Hardy being like the big ego and, and everyone else sort of like serving him, which is quite nice. There's a whole. There seems to be a just repeating thing where commentary says something at the end of the segment. Where uh, uh, Tony Schiavone goes, he's a glory hunt, uh, glory hole. <laughs> like, he doesn't even know what he's going to say. No, so, Tony, uh, yeah, Tony's uh, not, not going to stick with him tonight. He, he must have been go, going for a glory hunt or, or something to begin with. And for some reason, tried to say asshole. Yeah, so he, he got it right it to start with. And then, yeah, he was, he was probably taught between like glory hunt yeah. and asshole and it just went right down the middle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just split the difference. Uh, so post match as well, we get some like little shoving and, and arguing between Grass Express and Bear Country. So you know, there's going to be a little feud there, maybe maybe they're sort of building to, to some a little program. I mean, just give me more Bear Country on Dynamite. I think I think they're really good. I think they're polished. I think they're ready to go. You can put them on TV. I'm, I'm, yeah. ready, to, I'm ready to see more of them. Totally agree. Whew, now on to my favorite part of the show. Uh, well, well, hi. Uh, we've got John Moxley and Eddie Kingston with a very, uh, very casual, very, uh, very unscripted promo. Just chilling it again, just, aren't just, they? Yeah, they just having a little time backstage. You know, they're, they're chilling. They're getting ready for the match. Like Kingston's taping his wrists up, and like, he's, he's putting his tape on. Moxley's there, all like angry, and and they talk, they talk about. So I love at the start. Moxley's like he's had enough of this. He said, you know, you, you look one way, and there's the Good Brothers, and then you turn around again, and there's the Good Brothers, and then no one wants to look at Doc Gallows that much. Which is really, I thought was quite cool. Um, and then compare, <laughs> they compare Gallows' eyes to like googly eyes on like Forky from um, Toy Story 4. <laughs> 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 it 
which is pretty funny. Um, uh, a line, a line uh, Moxley says where he goes, I don't like them, not because I bought Talking Shop of Mania, but they're cheap shot artists. Yeah, not, it's not, like, not, not because he wasted his money on Talking Shop of Mania. No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, they, they say that this is the Impact Zone, this is their home. Then they then one of them says Bullet Club and they're like, well, hang on, can we can we say Bullet Club? And then yes. like, oh yeah, yeah, Forbidden Door, it's fine, don't worry about it. For, forbidden Door, it's perfectly <laughs> fine. And then um, Eddie sort of gets a bit serious <clears throat> and he closes out with some nice little references. He drops a 50 cent quote and then he finishes with a, a really nice two-pack quote saying, um, cowards die a thousand deaths, whereas him and Moxie are soldiers and soldiers die but once. Which is, oh, that's a really nice way to sort of set the stakes for the end. Um, they flip the switch from like, because it was quite a goofy promo, and then it Kingston it did Kingston things and just went, nope, it's serious time now. Um, and they get, get you into the mood for the match, which I thought was quite nice. Yeah. No, uh, yeah, uh, Kingston and Mox are good for all this shit, aren't they? Yeah. Like, I mean, I, 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 they need to do a podcast, man. I'd listen to them talk, like, forever. <laughs> <laughs> just request Eddie Kingston, start your own podcast, mate. I would um, I would promote that podcast over this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, so next up, we get another interview, and it's Christine Cage being interviewed by Dasha. Um, she asked what brought him to AEW, and he basically just said about. I thought this was quite a cool promo. I thought it really it sort of set out him as like what his what his if you don't if you didn't know Christine, which everyone probably does, it sort of set out what makes him special and what he's going to bring to AEW which I thought was quite nice as a way of sort of setting his character he, he's not he's not going to just jump in on going for a world title he's, he's literally said in this promo he needs someone yeah well, he actually said he said obviously he wants to be world champion um, but he said he, he knows he needs to win a few matches get some wins under his belt and he actually said uh, Kenny Omega I'll see you down the road yeah like, which I thought was quite nice it sort of set it puts that little like AEW, I like when AEW sort of put that little marker in, you know, okay, we'll come back to this in like a couple of months' time, you know, cause pop a little story point in here and it'll set the st- set a stage later, which is extremely nice. Yeah. Obviously, he stresses that he's a workhorse. He's the he's here to make the wrestlers level up and make wrestling better and he's here to outwork everybody, which is, is kind of the, the sort of character he's adopted since he's come to AEW. Yeah, like, um, obviously, it's another legend come in He's not doing the typical go for the world title instantly. He is going to have a few matches, it seems, beforehand to build it up, to get that record oh. that you need to get number one ranking. wonder who his first feud is going to be. Because... <clears throat> I don't know who they... They haven't really got a go-to whipping boy heel at the moment, have they? Because Spears has just started to do that new group. Scott... Scorpio Sky, maybe. Yeah, but he's you can't bury on of Christian bury Scorpio Sky, you know, so the, the run he's been on. I mean, it's Scorpio Sky, mate. <laughs> but he, yeah, but he's getting a push right now, isn't he? And you know, uh, it's gonna be interesting. To, I mean, I'm intrigued to see what happens, with Christian. I think it's, I think he's gonna have a, a a very interesting first couple of months in AW with with his sort of first feud or so. I'm, I'm, I'm quite excited about it. Um, see him in actual singles matches as well. Yeah, good to see. Well, first time in a while, he's been seven years. He's been away, did he say? Yeah, yeah, by fourteen, I think. Yeah. Uh, right. So next up, we have the match that was alluded to earlier by the promo. So we have the Good Brothers, Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson versus John Moxley and Eddie Kingston. Uh, Kingston starts making his entrance. The Good Brothers run out and jump him. 
I mean, this is just a brawl. They, they literally, Mox runs out to, to sort of join in, and yeah, they just beat the piss out of each other around the arena for a bit. Um, they give Mox a very gentle magic killer on the outside. Yeah, just the gentle one, was it? <laughs> I mean, Gallo's in, bump, Gallo's in bumping on the floor, brother. <laughs> they ain't doing none of that shit. <laughs> so they literally just like place him very, very gingerly down. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, so for most of the, so that takes Moxie out the early stages of the match. They get Eddie into the ring and they just beat on Eddie. <clears throat> um, a little bit later, Moxie, there's, there's, they do a nice little thing a couple of times where, like, Eddie, so, I mean, Eddie sells really well. And they do this, like, bit where he's, like, beaten down and he'll, like, he'll, he'll open up an opportunity and he'll, like, drop out and there's something and then he'll turn to his corner and it's just empty and there's no one there. And so he's got no, he's got no, yeah. and then he goes, and then like the like, gallows will tag it and come and goes bathroom again. And it's just like they, they do a really good job of like making it seem like desperate stakes for the faces. Uh, eventually, Moxley gets gets himself yeah. up and um, tags in hot tag. Does a bit, bit of the bit of that, bit of the, bit, of, bit of this, bit of that. He's fighting back the numbers game again, but then Moxley hits a surprise roll up to get the win, and it's like he very much steals this match. Um, it's just the cover that's been on top for literally the entire match. Um, Post match. They beat the shit out of um, Moxley and Kingston, and then yeah. we get my second favorite thing of the night, which is Kenny Omega's music hits, and Kenny swaggers out with a chair, accompanied by yeah. Don Callis. He's, yeah, he's clicking. He's, he's, click, he's clicking his fingers like he's like he's advancing in like a mob, like a mob musical yeah. or something. It looks incredible. It's the the, yeah. the, the, the image yeah. is, is great. Excalibur proceeds to call him the living embodiment of pawn scum. Is that Callus again? Okay. No, no, it was the Kenny that time. All oh, right, so <laughs> I mean Excalibur, someone's pissed in his cereal this week, haven't they? Jesus Christ. He's not having a good night, that's for sure. <laughs> no, so they um, they pulmonize Kingston's ankle, so they put a chair over the ankle of Kingston. Uh, Anderson jumps off the second rope and lands on it. So Kingston rolls out of the ring. He sells that. He's in horrendous pain. They then put the chair over Moxley's neck and Gallows is about to jump off to do the same. And then the Young Bucks run in. They've had enough. They run in to stop it. Um, they're, they're like, what the fuck are you doing, basically? Um, and I, I get the sense that they're, they're, they seem to direct their anger more towards the Good Brothers at this point. Yeah, because they're still Kenny's, like, Friend, aren't they? They've yeah. never not actually had an issue yet, apart well, from apart from Don Callis. Yeah, well, they admitted, didn't they? Don Callis, sorry, we missed that. Don Callis admitted earlier in the promo when he covered the, yeah. the the bandage was fake and they didn't kick him. Yeah, yeah. So he admitted that he lied about that. So it's all starting to get starting to get revealed <clears throat> around here. Um, so the good brothers throw up the two sweets and they're, they're sort of inviting the books to join in. They're like, no, come on, man, we, we do this. We two sweet. We're, you know, we're, we're all on the same team. And the books think about it <clears throat> and then they, they refuse. They just, they just go to leave. And then Kenny sort of starts kicking off. He like takes his shirt off and he sort of like, looks like he's going to go for them. Really, pretty much. Him and Matt Jackson literally squared up to each other. Yeah. It's like, oh, come on. And so this is, this is interesting. Um, and as that's happening, Moxie gets back in the ring with a chair and he sort of clears the ring by sort of a couple of wild chair swings and the heel scarper. Uh, one thing I love about this, a little detail, is on the ringside, you can hear it on the mic, is Doc Samson is like checking on Kingston and he's literally trying to restrain him to stop him from trying to get back in the fight, which yeah. is really cool. 
constantly shouting, get me in the ring with Mox. Yeah. Get me in the ring with Mox now. <laughs> Kingston just being a hard-ass man, which is really cool. Some really good character work in this. Um, obviously, the storyline carries on. The young books, we don't know how they're gonna how this is all gonna fall down. I mean you assume it's building to a good brothers young book young books match at some point. Uh is that a next pay per view? It, it would be double um, or nothing. Well, the, the, the good brothers have dropped the tag titles now, haven't they? So there's um Yeah. There's a there's a, a, a way to make that match happen without it being title be title now, which is quite cool. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Uh, it would be a double or nothing's a bit far away, so I assume they'd have like a super show, like their weekly show Yeah, they could they could do like they could do like a, a special dynamite, couldn't they? And just have like yeah. a big build to it and like 'cause yeah, the next next pay per view is in May. May, yeah, so some, something in April would be nice if you want to build to a big match. That would be a nice one, or maybe Blood and Guts. We might get Blood and Guts. Who knows? I mean, there's two different setups for Blood and Guts, so really, this rivalry, really, realistically, yeah. but then one later on as well. So later on or beforehand? Yeah, Inner Circle and yeah, and Pinnacle. I forgot already. <laughs> the pin- Pinnacle, the, the Pinnacle, mate, the Pinnacle. <laughs> The pinnacle, sorry. <laughs> um, right, so next up, we have, for the second week in a row, <laughs> Tony Chivoni is out to interview Sting, and this time Darby's coming as well. well bring your lad in, come on. Bring your, bring your, bring your son to work. Uh, Sting's fucking black paint that looks like a 40-year-old tattoo has went a funky blue colour and it's all faded out. And <laughs> went all lumpy. <laughs> so yeah, they, they bring Sting out, they bring Darby out. Darby actually starts off off the promo <clears throat> uh, quite quite correctly, saying that he's only defended the TNT title three times since he won it. Well, the, the way it happened is he goes, "I've defended my title three times," and then they, they start cheering, and then he's like, no, "No, no, don't clap because I want to be a fighting champion." Yeah. That's not a thing to clap about. <laughs> so then, this yeah, he said he wants to start by paying tribute to the greatest TNT champion of all time. Um, no, I'm not quite. I'm not actually sure who he's referring to there. Well, the crowd started chanting Brody, so I just assumed it was Brody that he was trying to go on about. Yeah, I mean, you'd you'd think it'd be Brody, you know. Yeah. Because um, then he offers, he says, yeah, the Dark Order. He basically it's just an open challenge to anyone from the Dark Order to step up and, and come and have a match with them. Yeah, he says time a lot. Yeah. He, he literally says the word time about. <laughs> Times in a row. Like, come on, mate. <laughs> um, so then <clears throat> Lance Archer and Jake Roberts interrupt again because it's what they do. Uh, Archer said that this should be his time. He laughed at Darby. He, he basically says, um, he calls what? He calls him what? An indie-rific joke. Yeah. <laughs> like, <clears throat> it's such a big, big versus little, isn't it? Yeah, and he says if he likes coughing so much, he's going to put him in one. Oh... Give me it. I want it. Just, just um, I'm sorry, yeeting Darby Allen all over Daly's place. <laughs> Throw him back yes. onto the rafters, mate. It'd be great. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, basically, Archer starts going on about it and then Roberts comes out with a line afterwards and goes, you better get your bun because you're a hot dog, a weenie boy. I mean, you should have just went with Winnie Boy first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jake Roberts also says um, Lance Archer is the biggest, baddest ass in wrestling. Oh. 
More ass talk. <laughs> People have to love some ass talk. Um, so then, just because that's not enough, we get another interruption. So they, they leave, and like almost almost like they want to throw us on a string. So it's like they leave, they pull Team Taz out the other entrance. So Team Taz up here. Um, and Taz is, Taz is starting to like, he's like, whoa, 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 he's doing, he's doing his little Taz, you know, shut up thing. And as he's doing that, Cage rips the mic out of Taz's hand and says that he's going to talk today. And he walks up the Sting and says he's got something to say. And he says basically just the Sting that he really respects him, which is yeah. nice. Yeah. Uh, also, no matter what Stark says, with or without your bat, you've still got it. Yeah, he says he's still an icon, no matter what Ricky Stark yeah. says. And then Ricky Stark's back, like behind, you can just see him over Cage's shoulder. Looks like someone's just like shot his mum in front of him. Uh-huh. He looks, he looks like so horrified by this. The fuck he did, mate! <laughs> he he's having absolute conniptions behind, behind Brian Gage. Like he's, he's like, he's like, he's furious. Hey, I, I, I did huff when Taz's Team Taz's music started playing, but because we got the different. Like promo, it wasn't all Taz. This felt like it wasn't Team Taz versus Sting. This was like an issue developing within Team Taz. So now it's like, how are they gonna? What are they gonna do about Brian Cage? Because he clearly has he's yeah he's misaligning from the, the sort of Team Taz principle, which is interesting. I I, I definitely preferred it to you to what's been happening, but yeah, yeah. There you go. If you just get face Brian Cage and. He or Willie Hobbs beating the piss out of each other for a bit. Uh, I'm okay with that. Oh, oh! <laughs> Ricky Starks just cries in the corner. The meat on meat action. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So then next up, <clears throat> we've got a little packet video package on Scorpio Sky. He's sort of saying, I mean, it, 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 this is kind of it's kind of obvious because it, it's it's you know, obviously he's sort of saying why he's a heel now, and it's quite relatable. Yeah. I- to be fair, a, a lot of heels say this. But with, we, in this case, you kind of you kind of go, oh yeah, actually that's a really good point. Yeah. He, he basically says like how you know he did everything the right way, and you know he he was he, he was overlooked and he was left behind, and he said he said that nice guys finish last, and he's finished with being a nice guy. He's not going to be a stepping stone, and he's going to prove how good he is even when he has to hurt people. And it's um, yeah, it's a really it's a really sort of face way to present a heel because you can have a look like him well actually yeah he, he is better than he's been treated and he probably should be getting more opportunities and fair play to him for you know for grasping the nettle and uh, grabbing the brass ring funnily enough um, so yeah <laughs> he's, he's pulled away from SEU now so like he's getting to do his own thing now yeah, I'm really, I'm really excited for this. I think it's, I think he's in a, a good place now, and I, I'd like to. Uh, you, you, I know you want to feed him to Christian, but I would say um, let him have a, a nice <laughs> little singles run. I, I mean, I would, I wouldn't mind seeing a singles run. He deserves it, but I've got a feeling it. It definitely feels like the Darby Allen saga isn't over with him. I, I mean, yeah, I could easily just carry on with Darby. Yeah, and that match last week was good enough to make me want a bit more. Right, yeah, definitely. So I'm, I'm happy if they want to do that in the next couple, you know, over the next like couple of months. Then I'm, I'm alright with that. Um, so you can max. I never knew I wanted um, Ray Phoenix versus Angelico. Oh, there, there were some weird moves in this. Now the, the only the only shame here is we don't get Angelico's music or his dancing. No, no. He's already in the ring when Phoenix comes out. Sadly, jobber edge. <laughs> Thing is, he. This might last a, a fair while, a lot longer than what I thought it would. Yeah, well, um, 
the, the report I'm reading here said it went seven minutes, which, yeah. Was it only seven minutes? I mean, they put a lot of it. They put a lot into seven minutes. <laughs> Jesus, fuck. I don't think I don't think there's ever a point where one of them's not moving, like, quickly. Yeah, there's always one of them, like, on their feet, like, doing something. Or just in a hole, or... And they, they work a really good, like, sort of combination of, like, obviously Phoenix's sort of high-flying style and um, and Helico's sort of grappling submission bits. Uh, they, they throw that in. There's loads of really cool, big like, counters and stuff. Yeah. Excalibur, like, explained it like that. It's like, oh, we've got two different styles. That, we've got two styles of Lucha Libre here. One, obviously, Phoenix, a high-flying wrist-taking. And then on Helico, the submission base, but still fast and technical and... It's like, yeah, fair play. <laughs> yeah, and I think they're a really good pairing, and it reminds you how good an helicopter actually can be. Yes. It, I mean, I, again, you didn't see Lucha Underground, really, did you? Uh, he was. He was I, in a... I, I seen him in the WCPW World Cup, though. And yeah. Only bastard. He was in a really cool trio <laughs> team with Ivalice and Son of Havoc, and they were phenomenal. They were really, really good. Interestingly, no, um, no Jack Evans at ringside for. Hell go. But um, Phoenix comes out with Pac. Could he be injured, maybe, or maybe, just... maybe he's just out skateboarding or getting high somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> doing flips somewhere. Yeah, he's just he's just there, like yeah, doing four fifties off the top rope. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it's a decent match. Um, obviously, Phoenix picks up the win as he does with his like. He, so he reverses. So I think Angelico is going for like a fireman's carry sort of move isn't he and then Phoenix reverses into a crucifix bomb and then he hits that sort of like Sith out pile driver thing which looks horrible every time he does it Phoenix is it just called the Phoenix driver that sounds right they never they never name it when he does it on Dynamite yeah. which is kind of weird yeah like there's a few um, things by Angelico as well in this match an inverted Romero special which was it was like a surfboard but weirdly Phoenix was up in the air on his front with his arms crossed and <laughs> his leg. Oh, it was chaos. And then he hit the Navarro Deathlock, which is like the figure four, but really oh, different. The figure four, but faster. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> I, really, I really like that. I mean, and, and as he was doing that, um, Excalibur went into a little bit of the, the guy who trained Angelico, who was Navarro himself. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he went into a bit of his history, which was really cool. Obviously, Excalibur has that encyclopedic wrestling knowledge, and when he brings it in, in at times of that, it really adds to, to your enjoyment of the match. I thought. Because it's always like, it's not mainstream wrestling stuff that he knows as well. Yeah. It's usually like ridiculously niche, and it's so good to hear fresh things. And well, it just helps flesh out the, 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 I, the, the characters in the ring, and like the, it lets you know a yeah. little more about, about what you're watching, which is really cool. Yep, so obviously, um, yeah, so Phoenix picks up the win. Um, really, really fun little match. Um, it's a match I didn't even know was happening until it happened. Really glad it was on the show. Um, next up, we have Alex Marvez again. He's, he's ending his paycheck tonight. Um, he approaches Miro in the, in the spooky evil gym because the lights are all red. Is that is that where they actually were? A gym? Well, Miro's doing like pull-ups, I, isn't he? I thought it was just like a corridor and just... Yeah, it's like, the boi- it's, like, just... it's like the boiler room or something. Mirror is just like <laughs> pumping iron in like in like Kane's bedroom or something. It was <laughs> it was so strange, but yeah. So yeah, and I really like I really like this promo. I really like this whole segment. So obviously, Orange Cast, um, 
Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor challenged Miro and Kip. Alex Marvez says to Miro, have you made a decision? And Miro basically says, well, no. We don't want to see that. We don't, we don't want to see that again. Yeah. Although the temptation of having Charles as my butler forever is amazing. No, I don't want it because I've already proved he, says, he said you tried to sweeten the deal by having Charles be my butler for, for life. He said, but no, that, that chance is gone now. Yeah. Almost like, uh, obviously, Charles isn't good enough to be his butler. You know, it's like, fuck him. Yeah. Uh, I thought pretty cool. It's like, it's like my, my, my sort of, my sort of, obviously, they, they sort of wrote themselves into a bit of a corner with this, with this book. And if Charles says, if I win, if I lose, I'll be your butler forever. That means they're going to win. But if Mira's just like, no, fuck, I don't even, I don't even want you enough. You're not even worth it to be my butler. It, it don't matter. It kind of gives me a little out, which is quite cool. Um, Samira says, yeah, I've moved on to better things. Kip Sabian comes in and says, hang on, actually, I, I, I quite would like this match because they ruined my wedding when they made you. And he sort of puts, puts a little bit of blame on Miro. Yeah. They made you knock my wife into the cake. And Miro just loses his shit. Because <laughs> like, it's like that sort of like new sort of like angle they've got where like Miro's getting a bit psychopathic and like Kip is yeah. probably like- shipping out of it sometimes. He, he literally stays like, excuse me, um, if you want to be like a main event player, you shouldn't have your wife at ringside, mate. Yeah. Like, fuck off. He, 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 <laughs> he says, if you want to take my advice, don't have your wife at ringside, which might be a little uh, a little backhanded <laughs> swipe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> he said, yeah, the, most important, the worst thing for your career is having your wife at ringside. Um, tending to your wife isn't more important than winning a match. He says, when the bell rings, I don't care about him. Mirosi doesn't care about Kip, his wife, or his family drama. All he cares about is his destiny. He said he needs to be world champion. And Sabian says he wants that to happen for him. And then Miro said, and then Miro sort of like snaps out of it and he sort of gets me like a little like chummy headlock. He's like, oh, outside the ring, I'm still your mate. Don't worry about it, you know. But inside the ring, I'm going to do a murder on you. Yeah. Um, and then Miro walks off, and then Marvez asks Kip if they accept the match, and Kip says, of course they do. So I mean, do we? Does anyone think that this is not going to end with Kip costing Miro the win and Miro beating the shit out of him? Yeah, or just Miro is not even going to show up. One of the two. Yeah, it's going to end badly for Kip Sabian because. Yeah, of Miro. Pr- pretty much. <laughs> um, yeah, so there you go. The announcer matches for next week. We're getting um, Nyla Rose versus Ty Conti, Kenny Omega versus Matt Seidel, the match that was set up on Dark Elevation. Um, if Matt Seidel beats Kenny Omega, he gets a title shot. Uh, FTR and Sean Spears versus the Varsity Blondes and Dante Martin. And Darby is, is um, the other member of Top Flight. Is he injured? I I could I couldn't tell you. Because Dante's it's... been doing a few singles matches, so maybe there's something going on there. Um, and then um, we go backstage with Alex Marvez again. Like, how does he get around? Has he got? Has he got like a secret tunnel? <laughs> and there was some. He's in the Dark Order's clubhouse, and um, they ask the Dark Order who's going to accept the open challenge. Negative one pops out and says it's going to be him. Eve Luna says maybe in ten years' time, and then they all starts. <laughs> A decade, Brody, your name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which is fair play. Evil knows, uh, knows, knows the score. And they all start sort of debating like who's going to do it. And then uh, Alex is like, what about John? And, they all, and then John's like, John says he's the meat man. And they all start chatting, meat, 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 meat. So, so Silver is the pick there. <laughs> yeah, so it's going to be John Silver. <laughs> Just like that, okay. <laughs> start talking about meat and then that's how you, that's how you get him on side. It's fine. I mean, I am I am looking very forward to Silver versus Darby. Yeah, that's going to be a real chance for them to both show what they can do. Yeah. Oh right, okay. We we sort of rushed through the rest of the show because we needed to we need to arrive here. <laughs> so at this point, as Justin Roberts announces, AEW as a show has ended. 
the lights go off and the lights will come back on and whatever happens after that point is not the responsibility of only wrestling. <laughs> uh, yeah. so this, this is pretty cool. So this is not only the first women's main event on Dynamite. It's also the first lights out on Sanctuary match on Dynamite. Obviously, there has been yeah. one between Moxley and Kenny, but that was on a pay-per-view. Uh, there's been one on Dark as well between Omega and Janelle. That was a banger. That, oh, that it was a banger for that Dark match. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was like a pay-per-view level match on Dark on YouTube. Yeah, <laughs> Janelle taking years off his life for like fucking twenty thousand YouTube views. <laughs> um, okay, so before the match even starts, Rebel blindsides Rosa with a crutch. Rosa goes after her. Uh, Brett, uh, Rebel tries to defend herself then Brick just like spears her through the ropes right onto the ramp uh, then hits an air raid crash on the outside <laughs> you know, yeah, we're, we're, not fuck, we're not fucking around here this is like this no. is straight in <laughs> there's no five minutes chain wrestle to start this off it's straight to the nasty um, uh, then the announcers obviously at this point feel the need to emphasize that this is a no DQ match despite what right. we've seen oh, oh yeah mate because they didn't notice that already <laughs> uh, so then Brick Baker She's swinging a chair. Um, I mean, I, I must admit, it gets it gets even better later on. But Brit's playing to the camera in this match is phenomenal. Oh, she's fantastic this match. Yeah, like just our facial expressions. So direct- Brit, yeah, she looks. She she does a great look down the camera, and like, so she hits Rosie with a chair. She turns around. And she's doing like the DMD thing to the camera. She turns around, and Rosie just lashes a chair into her face. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Rosa proceeds to pick up that chair, just smacks Baker with a chair constantly, just does a quick dig on fucking Rebel at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then they, they have like a little bit of a fight around the outside. Um, there's a a very, a very snug, tight-looking curb stomp onto the steel steps by Brith onto oh. Rosa. Oh, it's rough, isn't it? Yep. <laughs> that looks that looks like a, she caught some of that. Um, Excalibur says, Rosa's head off that diamond-like texture, mate, is just fucking textured aluminium for <laughs> grit. Settled in. <laughs> Rosa comes up from that and she's she's busted open. And there's a beautiful, there's a really cool shot when she gets back in the ring of like, so she's got like her face painted half of her face. But then somehow, I don't know, it's where she, where she bladed, like the, the non-painted half of her face is just red. Yeah. With blood. It looks, it looks so cool. And this is shocking. Like this is, this is the first time on a TV show. This is the first time in a long time I've seen women bleeding on TV from like, from the head. I, I genuinely don't think a woman is intentionally Bladed like in a match. No, nah, there was a there was a definite there was definitely a Daphne match in TNA. Uh, t- right, minus TNA. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there was like there was like a Daphne ODB match where they bladed or something. Uh, that Daphne was a riot though. <laughs> <laughs> like the last time I saw like the last time I saw blood in a women's match or blood in a match involving a woman was in that Deathmatch tournament me and Jay went to last year, which had two women in it. But you know, for, for, for network television to put ne- women in the network yeah, I'm like every time I think of one, I've got Trish Stratus, but her nose bleeds, or Becky, but she gets her face absolutely cracked, and it's not even in a match. And just to clarify, this was the last match of the show. The mummy, yeah. the mummy, Tomb of the Dragon Emperor was coming out of this. Can you imagine oh, if you put if you put TNT on ten minutes early, waiting for the mummy to start? <laughs> your nan puts TNT on, and there's fucking Thunder Rosa piss and blood all over the screen. <laughs> I don't want that shit on my TV. I want to watch the mummy. <laughs> <laughs> That's not Brendan Fraser. 
what's going on? Um, yeah, so they get back in the ring. Rose is bleeding. Um, Rebel sets up a table on the outside. Rose sets up a table on the other side of the ring. <clears throat> then we get Rebel puts a ladder into the ring. Um, oh, this was nasty. Britt Baker's sort of sorting the ladder out. Thunder Rosa comes over, gives her a bulldog face first onto the ladder. Then she puts Britt in the corner, puts the ladder. She hits a, a, like, a, like a running double knee, like an Andrade style running double knee. Then she puts the ladder in front of Britt's face, gives it a running drop kick. Yeah. <laughs> like, face. I, I've got an issue here with commentary because Excalibur goes, I think that went into her neck. That was from Tony, sorry. Then it goes to Excalibur, where he goes, I think it started with the bulldog. Then uh, then was exacerbated with the drop kick, as in she bleeds. She wasn't bleeding before that corner and because you, the camera... Now, now you say Brit bleeds. <laughs> Jesus Christ, she bleeds. Like, she comes off from that ladder spot and her entire... Like, she's like, she's not quite... Again, she's not quite Eddie Guerrero bleeding. But Jesus Christ, there's a lot of blood. There's, no. blood, there's blood on the mat. There's like, blood on her arms. <laughs> Like, it's, it's pissed out everywhere, right? And then eventually it calms itself down. But it still doesn't calm itself down because it gradually, slowly just thickens and gets worse. <laughs> Rosa just, like, Rosa cooks, like, heals up, like, over the course of, like, ten minutes. Yeah, like, see, this is my question now. Is it a blade job? Like, is is that what that was? I don't know because it looked like at one point it was like in her eyes and all sorts, and she was like, "I'm the white yeah. blood out of her eyes," and it was it was mad. I mean, if it was, then fair play because she she really went for it. Fair play if it was a blade job, but even then, like to begin with, it looked like she had a packet of red liquid and just went on her face. But even then, like during the match, it looked a uh, fantastic. Yeah. Um, what, what looked what also looked fantastic after this was uh, Thunder Rosa just gets up on the top, gets Britt Baker on the top, Britt Baker gets on the top rope. Thunder Rosa gets up, to, cuts her off, and then just gives her a Death Valley driver onto the ladder off the top rope. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, it, it, they they mucked it up a little bit, but still, you're landing on the ladder. It's yeah. not going to be. <laughs> no, no. Um, then there's another spot where. They throw Baker throws like four chairs into the ring. Here and Rebel are getting chairs off from under the ring, and they throw four chairs into the ring. Yeah, um, that's not the point as well. Where Britt Baker's blood starts going in her eyes, she can't see, so it's just like, "Come here, Rebel, just give me your jacket." Yeah, <laughs> starts wiping it all over her jacket. And Rebel sort of like, it's great. She like she sells concern for like Britt, obviously, and then helps her. And then sells like absolute disgust at the fact that she's now covered in blood all over her jacket, which is really <laughs> funny. Um, so what do you think was going to happen? You're wiping your friend's blood out of her eyes. You know where you think it was going to end up. Um, so then Britt gives Rosa a top rope superplex onto onto a pile of chairs. That that totally didn't suck the land on, I imagine. No, no, not at all. Kushti landing that. Um, so that looked horrible. That was now that was a kick out there. And then um, Rebel brings out like a bag, like a cloth bag, gives it to Brit, and it's it's thumbtacks. Um, I can hear I can hear Jim Cornette. I can hear Jim Cornette f- screaming furiously from here. It's just ridiculous, isn't it? She get, Baker gives that devil stare on the way to the tax as well. Oh, is that what she looks down like, the camera with the blood, like all of it? Like, 
Yeah, she looks down the camera, the blood pissing all over her face, like just staring, smiling at the camera. Like, holy if, fuck. I mean, if you've not seen the match, uh, I think the match, the match is on YouTube. I think they put the match up on YouTube. Yeah. Um, match. Just so you know, that, that um, picture of her looking down the camera is already a t shirt. It was last night. Yeah. <laughs> they released that straight away. Like, yeah, you can buy that straight away. Uh, shop Um No sponsorship. Um, yeah, so they, they, they Brit pulls the thumbtacks out. Um, Rosa tries to hit, get him with the crutch um, to sort of break it up. Uh, Rosa gets the crutch off her. Yeah, Rebel gets the crutch off her. Yeah, that's the one. Rebel, that's where Rebel goes to the table. Sorry, yeah. Yeah, and then yeah, she goes through the table, and then it's like, oh, well, that's her fuck. <laughs> yeah, Rebel, who who was too injured to wrestle like ten days ago, has just gone through a table, so she's dead. <laughs> so she's done. Um, then as she turns around, um, Rip goes to put her into the tax. She counters. She just basically flat on power bombs Brit into the tax. I know I have to stress at this point, if you've not seen the match. Um, both of these women are wearing their normal ring gear. Yeah, there's, there's no, no street clothes gear. No, there's uh, no t-shirts. No there's, there's no nothing. It's just like it's just like gym gear, basically. I, there's a lot of exposed skin going on. Thumbtacks is what I'm trying to say. Shorts, a uh, sports bra like top, and tights is all they've got on. Like just yeah. normal tights you would wear on a if you're a lady or a man. Up to you. We're not, we're not a judge, but yeah, there's a lot of exposed skin going on to them. Thumbtacks is what we're trying to get out here. Uh, there's, yeah. no, there's, no, there's no way to hide on this. It's just like it's just yeah. It's just, it yeah. was the fact. It was the fact that it was a full-on power bomb. Yeah, she doesn't um, usually win with a power bomb anyway. But it was on thumbtacks. So I was like, well, that she's fucked. She kicks out onto yeah. It's the mat doll carries on. <laughs> so then there's another really cool spot. So, um... oh no, Rebel hasn't gone through the Rebel hasn't gone through the um, table yet. Sorry, we jumped ahead. Because at this point, Rebel gives Brit the glove and she's looking for Lockjaw. Oh, so she is. Um, so Brit gets Lockjaw locked in in the middle of the ring on Thunder Rosa. Um, she looks, she's fucked. There's nowhere to go. And even if she does get to the rope, there's nowhere bricks. However, this is really cool. She rolls backwards and like rolls Brit into the thumbtacks while she's got yeah. the hold locked in, which I th- it's a really cool way to break it up. Um, obviously, Brit, Brit gets the thumbtacks and has to release the hold because pain. Um, that's and then that's when Brit, that's when you get another really cool shot then of Brit because like crawling towards the ropes like again yeah. just blood all over her she pulls uh, herself so, up on the ropes kicks the shit out of Rosa with a, uh, with a super kick uh, Tony on commentary goes I'm going to have to have a better friendship with her never want to piss her off again <laughs> <laughs> I like how they keep referencing that as well that's, that's, that's really cool yeah. <laughs> uh, that's then, then Rebel goes to the table around that point I think See, I've written my notes she goes through it beforehand as well. She must get up afterwards. Yeah, anyway. she, she, she has to be around to give her the, to give her the, um, the glove. Anyway, yeah. anyway yeah. so the, it end, the match ends um, with both women on the, the apron and they're sort of fighting for, for sort of position. Uh, there's a table below them on the, on the floor. And Rosa gets Brit up, hits the fire thunder driver th- off the apron through the table. Like, no messing about, just straight through. Like, the table separates, 
So it's not even a really thin cushion. It's just straight onto the ground. So this is like shades <laughs> of... This reminded me of the um, the Brody Cody rematch. Like that table spot leader on the outside. Oh, yeah. Aye. It had head. that same sort of... It's another one of them that made me go, oh, shit, when it happened. <laughs> yeah, so um, Brit fucked. Uh, and she's at this point, she's practically like under the ring. Like she's right next to the apron. Like she's yeah. just broken. Uh, Rosa, Rosa covers her, and that, that's it. That's good for the one, two, three. Jesus Christ, what a match! Uh, the match was ridiculous. Right? You get a close up of Britt Baker up after the match as well. Her eyes are just pure red yeah. because of the blood. <laughs> like her actual eyes that are meant to be white. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is. There are no whites left in her eyes. They're just all red. <laughs> like, holy fuck. <laughs> Yeah, then the, then the show closes with um, close-ups of the two women just, like, covered in blood and thumbtacks and all sorts. Yeah. Like, Brett fucked him. I think Thunder Rosa just, yay! I'm in pain, but yay! Yeah, and um, that's it. <laughs> that's, your, that's your dynamite. Um, oh. Yeah, good dynamite. X. <laughs> I mean, that's that's a, that's a legitimate match that you can right there, that main event. Yeah. Definitely, like as oh, the thing is, I've, I I decided to be silly and go on fucking social media beforehand, and then I kept seeing these pictures of Brett just covered in blood, and I was like, oh, fuck, Tom Tear likes, <laughs> <laughs> and then watched the match and went, oh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, um, is there any point in doing highs and lows this week? <laughs> I mean, we're, we're, we have a joint high of the main event. Uh, I think it's safe to say we're both going to pick the main event as, yeah. as our high of the night. <laughs> it has to be. Um, right, see, I had this issue with NXT again. Of, uh, I think the 10-man tag match is going to be Mallow because uh, fair enough that tags and them want to be together and it just wasn't it for me. I got a bit bored. It was it was more storyline, wasn't it? Um, yeah. And the, 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 I think they could have. I mean, it was a ten minute match. They could have done a bit more with it, maybe like in in the actual wrestling part of it. I suppose. You're yeah. Not, you're not wrong there. Fair enough. I'm going to take the ending to the Cody Penta match. I just thought it was a bit weird. I mean, I, I've, I've as someone who's watched a lot of Lucha Underground, I know how I've seen people sell that arm break. It was like a legit career ender, and to see Cody literally yeah. spring up and roll someone up like three seconds after taking it. Um, is a bit weird for me. So I'm just going to say I'm going to say the ending of, of Cody versus Penta. The match itself I really enjoyed, but the ending sort of left me a little bit cold. Uh, no, I'm totally agreeing with you. Like, it's Cody just getting a win again. Like, he didn't need it. No. Why, why end to roll him up? We make Cody look strong, mate. You know, he's the boss. <laughs> um yeah, so that's uh, that's this week's dynamite. Um, yeah, decent. I mean, for considering we're we're kind of in the the sort of the the desert between two pay per views, and it's you know you'd expect there's not been an awful lot going on. I think they did a really good job of progressing storylines this week, put on some great matches, a fantastic main event, and yeah, I'm, I'm just continually excited to see where where all these stories are gonna gonna build to. Yeah, no, I'm like, I enjoyed it. Good show. We're building up to stories now. Fresh off a revolution. Just restart. Aye. Um, 
So, Aaron, if people want to tell us about they thought of this week's Dynamite, uh, how would they go about doing that on the social medias? You can get us on Facebook and YouTube at Untitled Wrestling Podcast, where you can obviously speak to us and get all our old videos as well um, of wrestling or gaming. Take your pick. If you want extra gaming, go to Twitch at Untitled Wrestling Pod. Um, go to Twitter on the same tag, and you get all our classic bands. Yeah, also I'd say if, you, if, well, if you're on Twitter, if you want some nice wrestling adjacent things, Aaron has a recently launched Twitter account where he, you yourself, you do a lot of a historical on this day sort of tweeting about like wrestling stuff that happened. And it's not necessarily the, the ones you'd think of, so it's quite cool to get like an alternative perspective on, on wrestling history. Or, or I call New Jack out, wasn't it? Or you call New Yeah, so you're going to get. So before Aaron gets legit murdered by New Jack, uh, go and give him a follow on Twitter. Uh, also, I'd like to tell you um, if you would like to buy some beard products, please go and take yourself along to thatchface.com you can get some great beard equipment there you've got oils you've got brushes they do little gift sets apparel beanies hats flip flops t-shirts the lot you can use a code TROYXL85 it gets you 20% off and also all of their products they sell they give a proceed of the sales to testicular cancer charities so you're helping a good cause uh, and I will also do a bit of shameless self-promotion uh, if you'd like some top wrestling themed beers Take yourself over to topbrewing.com. Head to our online shop. You've got a range of beer on there you can buy. We're launching new beers all the time. We're going up to WrestleMania. We're going to have some big WrestleMania um, packs going, like some sort of survival packs. It's a big week of wrestling. You, you might need some beer to get through it. We'll have you sorted there. Uh, so head to topbrewing.com. Check that out. Um, and that's about it. Anything else you want to add, Aaron? Any, what, any, any you're up to this weekend, Sonic, or anything like that? Uh, no, just I'm back with you guys on Saturday. We're all together on Saturday. We might throw a state of decay in during the week or over yeah, the weekend at some point. Uh, yeah, check us out on Twitch. Um, we do our little gaming Saturday night social gaming stream every Saturday. You can come and hang out. You can even get involved. We do a lot of Jackbox. You can, you can join and play with us. That's really cool. Join our Discord as well, Untitled Rest Pod, if you want to get involved with some of the gaming. Um, we're, we're a friendly bunch. We, we, we play games on a Saturday night just to sort of keep everyone laughing, basically. It's just a, a bit of a bit of good fun. Uh, and yeah, that's about it. So thank you very much for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Did you hear about the warrior who always came in second place? He's called the penultimate warrior. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> must love this podcast housing, the Untitled Wrestling Podcast housing.